Hello, Internet. I'm Ewan Spence. This is Donna Sluggett. I'm Ross Middleton. And this is Duke Bot's Jury. Coming up in the show, which the Eurovision 2022 tracks from Denmark, from Malta, from Italy, from San Marino, and from Austria. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you're listening, welcome as we head out into the world of the Eurovision Song Contest. You're in 2022, and five more songs getting ready to take to the stage and hoping for as many points as possible. And we have no points available for them at all in this show. It is just a bit of fun, it is inconsequential, and all we have is a bag of hits, Mrs. Maybes, Donna Sluggett and Ross Middleton. Hello, you, and how are you? Not bad, actually. Uh, we're deep in, we're kind of past the preview season now, Ross. So, uh, yeah. with, without spoiling anything for the next five songs, how do you think the preview season's been? Odd. Being away from it is very strange. I've not gone to anything, so it's been strange and seeing different preview events seem to battle it out as to which one is the ultimate preview event. It's all been very odd, but. At least they've been in person. At least people have been able to see their favourite acts live. So it's nice that we're returning to some kind of normality after all this time. The new normal is now is here. If you're not happy with the new normal and wish to go back to the old normal, then please speak to a supervisor or something and thank Douglas Adams for that mangled style of a quote from the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Also joining us for the first time this year on the jury, Donna Sluggett. Hello, everyone. Nice to actually uh, come back on the show again and having me. You've been chatting away about the songs with everybody on ESC Fan TV. What sort of themes are you getting and picking up this year? It's been an interesting divide amongst the uh, team as to who likes what this year. It's quite intriguing, actually. Um, We'll have an award show coming up very shortly as well about uh, what are our favourites, our best male, best female um, We've got things like best group. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming up and that'll be on the 30th and the 1st of May. Who's in the running for the best male duet prize? Oh, well, um, I think we've got a slim picking there. We have, um, yeah, yeah. But but they have yeah. to tune in to find out. That is true. Yeah, but well, it's not true because we don't tune in anymore. We kind of like type in a URL bar or shout out to your search engine. But yeah, we still do tune. We still do cut. We still do... <laughs> we still do VT. We still do VT. We're still <laughs> tuning to us on the radio. That's not true, actually. We go out the radio as well. Big thanks. And shout out to the podcast radio. You can listen to us on your digital radio across the UK, www.thepodcastradio.co.uk. And so to the music. Five songs are getting ready to take to the stage in Turin from those going through the same semi-finals those going straight through to the grand final they are on a level pegging field for them here on jukebox jury we will finish with austria before that we will have san marino in italy before that we will have malta but we're going to start the show with the show denmark is ready i'm not sorry this is Try me All the things that I I want to forget The words that you said Keep playing in my head 
the show there by Reddy singing for Denmark at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. As usual, Denmark had their one-night spectacular selection and they've ended up with that one. What do we make of the show? You know, out of the whole selection show, I actually really like this one. It's something a bit fresh, isn't it? Um, There was the male and female duo that could have actually come close, but I think this one I, I find more suitable for Eurovision anyway. Um, it's got a nice slow intro and then a big in-your-face rock mash, and um, I like it. Some people f- have sort of intimated this might be a bit of a put-off, that it's too slow a beginning, but I like the build in this. It, it just gives it that extra girl power, I think. Look, I I love it, okay? I, I love a, a properly good ballad, and I love a decent pop-rock song, and this has got elements of both. My worry is for it competitively because it takes so long to get going into the actual meat and two veg of the song. It's going to be a put off for people at home. They could get bored of it very quickly. And I think that would be a shame because you would lose out on what ends up being quite a high energy number that gives something that we don't actually have an awful lot of. Certainly not from a kind of female perspective anyway at this year's contest. But I love it. It's exactly the kind of thing I, you know, will listen to time and time again. I just worry about it. I really do. I want it to get to the final. I, it has a chance, but it... Uh, I don't know. Ewan, what do you think? I feel there's an absolutely wonderful seven-minute song in here. Hmm. I think that there's. it's got a, this three-act structure. It's got a bit of prologue. It's got a bit of epilogue. It's got this massive expansive story and it's just been absolute it feels like it's been absolutely cut to shreds to get it to three minutes and i can't think of many eurovision songs that that would need seven minutes but still survive down to three minutes the only one i can think of is alcohol is free which has like a six minute 45 version Uh, (laughs) and and it, it is just a genius work of art but three minutes isn't long enough for the show it's. I, I did the track on this. It's one minute fourteen seconds to move out of the first act, which is this slow, emotionally heavy, raspy, quite textured opening, and then it just goes. Oh yeah, we 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 also want to do this in act two. Smash crash and. Long-time listeners to Jukebox Tree will know that I love the genre smash, but a genre smash needs to be interlaced throughout the entire three minutes. It's not two songs that are next to each other, hoping that you don't notice the join with a sticky-backed plastic. Both are great individually, but the problem you've got is that people at home who will be looking for a, a textured ballad that will be looking for that kind of thing to vote for, by the time the rock kicks in, it'll put them off. But the people that will be looking for the rockier sound will have already lost interest and may have gone and got a drink or gone to the loo by that point. The the first part sounds like it could be a wonderful uh, female solo in a musical uh, and you're just about to kick into it and then all of a sudden, oh, let's go to the next section, let's go to the next genre and there you go. Both equally are very, very good and she has a very distinctive vocal style, Matilde does. But I don't know if either are long enough or established enough you know, it feels like you want a bit more of that lovely ballady bit, but then you get the other bit. So you could end up with two different sort of audiences going, oh. It's just like, have the confidence to go either side. 
Make, make a decision and stick with it. Here you've got two sides and, you know, I, I don't like the back half. There are bits of it I like. You know, I, I like the staccato you have in the lyrics at some points. I love that, that, that first time the drum rolls kick in. The second time the drum rolls kick in, I'm not so sure. The third time the drum roll kicks in and it's the same one, I'm just getting a little bit tired. There's so much repetition in the back half that I find it a hard listen. It, it's not, not hard, tiring. Because it's just like, why am I doing all the work to try and find something here? Why haven't you put in a bit more work in the lyrics? Why have you done a bit more effort in here? It is still hitting the marks for me. It is still giving me what I want. But I understand that what I want is quite niche and not necessarily what a continent will want. So based on that, averages out. For me, ready, it's a maybe. Yeah, um, it's a difficult one, this one. I really want this one to qualify. Um, how well it would do in the final, though, would be difficult. I can't see this being a winner. Um, it's got to be a maybe for me. I swither on this one because it does feel like it's a maybe, but at the same time, my shuffle put this on and then in an amazing peak of Eurovision, not Eurovision, put Katrina and the waves walking on sunshine on right after it. And it was just like, oh, yeah, that's what I want. So, no, it doesn't stand up. It's a miss for me, I think. Uh, I'd say it's more than a miss, though. I'm still sticking with a maybe because it does have a lot of potential and a lot of people could grab onto this. And, you know, it has a lot of energy. The girls really perform it well. So I think as long as they give it their 100% gusto, uh, I think they've got something there that could make it stand out. Just whether it'll stand out against We Are Domi in that semi-final, I don't know. Well, it'll stand out in its running order. I just had a look at it. It's Portugal into Croatia and to Denmark. So they at least have that in their favour. That for someone wanting a little bit of energy and a bit more excitement to it, at least they're the first ones to come along and give it a bit more oomph. Well, no, because there's a minute and 14 seconds of them literally following Portugal before the oomph kicks in. So there's this seven and a half minute block, which is just... Dun, 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 dun. <sighs> As always, these are just our opinions. They are not gospel. You, they're, they're not set in stone or anything like that. They're just set down in audio digital format over at ESE Insight, www.eseinsight. You're all welcome to leave your comments and start the discussions down there. So we're going to move on now and we head to Malta for our second song. It's a courageous choice to go with a song title that everybody else is already going to be associating with a different person. But Malta is not sending that person they're sending Emma Muscat instead. Late at night in my bed yeah. It's time I shut you up, yeah Cause I think I've had enough I've had enough, had enough, yeah This is my master plan I'm gonna take a stand Take it Emma Muscat there, singing for Malta with I Am What I Am. You come off the back of two years in a row with Destiny. Obviously, you wouldn't have done two years in a row without the pandemic, but there you go. You've got your most talented artist 
and it didn't work out. Now, I still think Destiny's going to win Eurovision for Malta, but that does leave you with a problem in the current, is that you have to find the follow-up act, and it has not gone well. Um, Emma is a perfectly fine singer. She's got a good set of pipes on her. It's, you know, nothing wrong with that. She won the national final. She won Mesk um, with Out of Sight, which is ironically now out of mind as well because it was replaced with I Am What I Am. And when you listen to the three minutes, you don't know anything more about what she is by the end of the song because it is just... There's no substance to it. It's it's bigger than us. We had this in the UK a few years ago. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same repetition of this just dull, meaningless just words. And that's all it is. There's no sentiment. There's no meaning behind it. It's just... It's meant to make you feel, oh, oh inspired. And oh, just feel... It's insipid. It doesn't work at all in the modern contest. I mean, I don't think even Kenny Ortega could save this one. To me, every year needs at least one track that you think belongs in a Disney made-for-TV movie. Malta this year drew whatever size the straw should be. This is, to, to put it quite simply, this is straight out of the cuts of the songs that we never used in high school musical. It's the same uplifting lyrics. It's the same high-energy chorus. It's the introspective, look at my life. I think I need to leave my life before you realise that what you were wanting all along was the life that you originally had. It is... If I wanted to hear this, I'd go and listen to Breaking Free by Ryan and Sharpay instead. It really is high school musical, isn't it? And, uh, you know, it's got the whole clap along, kids. Here we go. Kind of feel as soon as it comes in towards the end. But, yeah, it's got to that stage where you can tell it's Swedish written. It's, it's got that um, Swedish radio pop friendly, safe feel all over it. And yet she's actually worked with some really good rap and alternative artists in Italy before, giving her a bit of a challenge. Yeah, Out of Sight was actually much better, in my opinion. I don't know about you guys, but um, I don't know why they changed it, honestly. Um, it's still not the worst song, in my opinion, in the whole competition, but um, I don't think this is going to be a qualifier. It's such a shame. It's not my least favourite song either, but at least the songs that I've got at the bottom, at least they make me feel something. At least they've stirred an emotion within me. Okay, maybe negative, but I at least can throw some respect for that. I don't have any respect for this. And it's not aimed at Emma, I should stress. Perfectly good singer. I, it's the team around her and the songwriters that that's where my issue lies. I find it an interesting contest contrast with Denmark because... Denmark is almost there. It's just infuriatingly not quite there. But you can feel the connection. You can feel the work. There have been some artistic choices around the song that I don't necessarily agree with, but I can see why they've been made. And it's like, great, belief in that. I am what I am just feels like cotton candy. Sometimes you just need to straight your head. I don't want to think about it three minutes song. And that's fine. But there still needs to be a connection to the artist and the artist needs a connection to the song and I just don't think that Emma has the connection to the song that is needed to make this believable. No, it's got one of those where it's that problem again, isn't it, where it's the songwriter 
uh, who's written the song and the emotional input and you feel that either over the airwaves or out in person in the auditorium. And then this already pre-written thing given to an artist and if they don't feel it straight away, that's it. There's no real connection going to ever be portrayed. Yeah, I think this is going to be a miss for me. Sorry, girl. Yeah, I think I've said it all already for me. It is a miss. It's just bad choices all round. And one last point competitively. Uh, it's sandwiched in between Georgia and San Marino. It'll be forgotten before it's even over. Miss. Ain't gonna work. We will get to San Marino shortly by way of San Remo. Yes, it's Italy coming up next. And thankfully, I have two people in the podcast that can balance out my love for San Remo. And oh, this could be interesting. Rivety, my in Blanco. So that was Brividi by uh, Mahmoud and Blanco for Italy. Yeah, that was... um some song isn't it this one it's so powerfully emotional and what a ballad um slight contrast with how Mahmood um came second in 2019 so it's nice to see him back again with something slightly different but still very Mahmood at the same time um he's definitely established his sound now I believe and uh he's brought Blanco along for the ride and I think this really works really well I I think it was Blanco that actually had the song ready for his album um, I think it was written by Mahmoud as well. Uh, Mahmoud, Blanco, and I believe Michelangelo actually yeah. did yeah. some so, of that with the production. Just kind of went for the album, and then was that you might be allowed to take this to San Remo. It's just like, oh, a lot, I'll hold it back. We'll keep that. It might do quite well. It did quite well, listeners. It did quite well. It won San Remo at a canter, and it's a competitive song here for Eurovision. You've got... Um, exceptional vocals you've got a very well constructed song I think the bridge um, that Blanco does is one of my favourites of the group but I don't feel it I can appreciate it on an entirely technical level and I think there is a great deal of expertise here and it's done very very well but I get to the end of this three minutes or whatever version you're listening to, however long it may be, and I'm still pretty underwhelmed. I just, I don't have any emotion for it. it I, I can't pinpoint why. I don't know if it's the language barrier. I've looked at the translation. I've, I've read it through time and again, and it's just not for me. I, I'd love a slow, sad song. Plenty of done on here, Jukebox Jury, that I've loved in the past, but... I, honestly, I can't. I can't pinpoint why. I don't know if it's just because it's so popular, and a bit of my brain that goes, "Oh, don't like it then," because to screw everyone around. But I, there were so many other songs in San Remo that I would have far preferred at Eurovision, and 
it's it's not going to be a three minutes I'm especially going to look forward to. And I know that I'm a very small minority in this. Um, and I'm aware the majority love it. And I completely understand why. It's just not for me. Interestingly, Ross, I'm not going to be quite shoulder to shoulder with you, but I, I'm kind of going to be there with you as well. Because I, it didn't do a huge amount for me, but it was just like, yeah, the stirrings are quite like that. And then I did a, an interesting thought exercise. I thought, what if this was sung in English? What if the song was exactly the same, but I was listening to it in English and not Italian? Because I have a blind spot for Italian music. I have a blind spot listening to anything in Italian language. And when I was imagining it in English, I'm thinking, no, it, it doesn't do anything for me. It's it, it's a it's a straight ahead ballad, which is half the point of the presentation. It is a straightforward ballad, but moving it into English in my head, and no matter who the singers are, it was just like this is wanting. Okay, so it's going to be presented in Italian, which means that Italian lyrical quality. It's going to be there. And it's quite clearly a very, very popular song. It's like four times platinum now in terms of streams or some ridiculously big number like that. Maybe for different reasons, but there's just something not quite clicking here. Well, I can't really say much different, honestly, because you know how much I love Sam Remo as well. I'm, I'm one of the the sort of Italiophiles on the ESC fan TV team. And I obviously preferred something else instead of this song to win, San Remo. So I'd already got a little bit of bias, I suppose, when listening to this. And um, I think it was down to the performance for me that held me back with this song a little bit. I've heard it a few times radio-wise since... I can't pinpoint what it actually is. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the lyrics, because the lyrics are fabulous, and I, I definitely do... If you haven't seen a translation, listeners, definitely do get a translation, because it is a beautiful song. But I think I get the same feeling the way I did with um, Diodato when he won um, for 2020. And if, a, if it wasn't for the pandemic to happen, sadly, I actually think the song may not have actually being a top 10 contender to the extent that it that people thought it would have been, even though there wasn't a competition, obviously, in 2020. I don't think it had the same potential as the pandemic lifted that song to what it was. It gave it that epicness. Um, I'm hoping the staging for this will do that for this song because I was desperately trying to get them to emote it and there is not really that connection of emotion. Do you want it to be a song about two individuals talking about their own love lives or do you want it to be a relationship between the two of them that they present to the audience? And I think this is where I get the difficulty because they were trying to do it individually initially, I think, and they were cold as fish. And finally, by the final in San Remo, there was something that they were presenting to connect with each other. They were looking at each other and engaging with each other physically moving with each other and I hope they bring more of that into it because I, I I think that relationship between each other makes the song make more sense does that make sense it does you've got three minutes you need to tell a story and yeah. if you're not clear 
on what the story is, it's going to struggle. I, you know, one of the things I like to do, more with music videos, but also with live performances, is put the volume off. Watch just the visuals. You should be able to understand a story and the emotion just by looking. And then when the audio kicks in, they complement each other and everything lifts it up bigger. So if you're doing a presentation when you're not quite sure what the story is, it's always going to feel a little bit out of sync. So yeah, I do get that. Yeah, I think that's probably enlightened me a little bit for, for what's maybe not clicking. I watched a couple of performances back before we did this and I now understand where your point. I can see what you mean, how it starts off very separate and then they kind of come together towards the end. Um, which which yeah. is a Eurovision cliche. Your your duet singers <laughs> either side of the stage coming in closer, meaning at the end, you know, so well, and then going oh, back to Denmark this, and firing off. I was I was really saying that Mahmoud and Blanco this year's Chinay and Nevergreen. Is that where we're going? Are they lost in Verona? Other examples are quite clearly available. <laughs> yeah, but they're the best too. What is really really great though is that obviously we've got this Italian contest now. They have a song that they quite clearly love. So that I'm delighted for, that the Italians are going to be represented on home soil by a song and artists that they love. And it's it, it, it kind of... It finishes off... Not finishes off his story arc, but it gives him the redemption of how poorly he was treated in 2019. Um, and then how much he, this has been loved and embraced. So that's also really fantastic to see. But it's, it's always his personal taste. That's what this contest is. It's a, it's a game of opinions. Um, 40 songs. Do you like them? Do you not? What do they do for you? And so for me, this is a, uh, a maybe because it's not for me, but I appreciate it on every technical level. I appreciate the Italian public love it. So yeah, I'll go maybe. Yeah, for me, it's a maybe as well. There's something there in Italian. I can't quite get a grasp of it. But when I think about what it would be like to natives... It's just, no, it's not for me, but Italy loves it. And you, you know what? That's great. Not everybody has to love every bit of music, but every bit of music is loved by somebody, maybe. Yeah. And I've actually got to say, it is, in its own way, very Italian. You know, it's just a modern version of of that sort of ballad style, which the Italians truly hold dear. And... It's going to go wonderfully well in the auditorium. Hopefully that will present itself, that love into the uh, screens and the ears of the listeners and people will vote for it. So I'm actually going to go all the way and give it a hit. So there we go. We're at the halfway point. Two maybes and a hit for Italy. Puts Mahmoud and Blanco into the lead of this round of Jukebox Jury. We are two songs to go. Um, or actually we're at part two of San Remo, quite interestingly. More on that after we have a little listen to The Stripper by Achille Lauro. I don't know. Achille Laro there with Stripper. Now, we've always talked in the community the idea that if you fail and don't win a national final, 
just go and run and take the song to another one. And we kind of almost had that year because Achille Laro in San Remo this year with Domenica, which he sung as a, as a duet with the Harlem Gospel Choir backing him. I think we can call that a duet. You have Achille on one side, you have the choir on the other one. Not winning San Remo, as we've already mentioned in this show, that went to Mahmoud and Blanco. But he nipped over to the Emilia Rogana national final with a second song, Stripper. A song that is completely unlike Domenica. I mean, let's let's face it, that national final was one of the more interesting weeks of the year, it has to be said. Uh, and all the way through that, Achille Lairo is going to be on the Eurovision stage in competition. And if you'd said to me three or four years ago that was going to happen, I would have smiled and went, what? chaos is he going to bring well chaos actually yes it's going to be chaos but organized chaos because Achille Laro doesn't do anything without design and it has to be done in style it you know I'm so looking forward to this and he's come on such a long way since Rolls Royce hasn't he um oh wow I couldn't believe he actually went for San Marino actually um He'd not mentioned anything on his social media, so we're like, oh, well, he's, he's done another year at San Remo. Maybe uh, he'll, maybe we'll see him in an interval-like montage or something. Yeah, I mean, that was gorgeous, wasn't it, the other year? The little images and montages he did, that was fab. Um, and then all of a sudden he pops up in San Marino and we're like, oh, my God, he, he totally could win this. And he did. It was amazing. <laughs> but, yes, it is a totally different song, isn't it? He's not going to baptise himself on stage, I believe, with this one. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if the stripper pole turns up because we definitely know from other videos he can do it. It's a song called Stripper. If there's not a stripper pole, you have failed in your storytelling. You can't be all tease and no pole. <laughs> Where do you begin with this? I, I did it Italy for Jukebox Jury last year. Just copy and paste, put that back in again. It's the same dirty, sexy, filthy rock and roll that I absolutely adore. It's, <laughs> you know, I'll be honest, I never really got a Keely Lara. If I'm from the interval app previously and the year before, he never actually quite landed with me. I, I understood he was, you know, some of a cult figure amongst the Euro fans. But again, not wasn't really hitting home for me. Then when I first saw Stripper on the night, the final night of Una Voce per San Marino, I was like, ah, this, this, this is what I want. This is it. And that feeling hasn't left me. I am confused. I am dazed. I am amazed. I love Britney. I mean, oh, what a line. <laughs> I have no idea how this is gonna do competitively. I don't have a clue. It's gonna be it's gonna be remembered. It's gonna trend on Twitter without a shadow of a doubt. It's gonna be one that you won't forget. I, I have no idea. It should qualify, but it, I don't know. I just don't know. How can you judge this? Well, the simple answer to that, Ross, is you judge it by holding up a mirror to status quo. I like it. Because you have to, if you go back to the, the, the mid to late 60s, 
the popular beat combo status quo were in the charts with such delightful tracks as Ice in the Sun or Pictures of Matchstick Men. And it's all flower power, wide collars, Carnaby Street ruffles, psychedelia in the music in the background. And, you know, the band have said forward, this wasn't really us, but that was the music of the day. That was what expected of us. And one day the manager found out that they had been moonlighting down the old Dirty Dog and Duck pub band with their backs to the audience in stonewashed den in white t-shirts and just doing boogie-woogie hard rock without telling anybody and having the time of their life. So you have Domenico at San Remo with the Harlem Gospel Choir behind you and you're baptising the stage and there's this great big Joe from Italy's rock star. And then he heads over to San Marino, turns his back to the stage, gets his head down, just some hard rock boogie woogie on a stripper pole. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Ah, that is what you need. And here's me thinking that Italy not getting three hits would be the reason that this would get comments. But the fact you've just compared Achille Lauro to status quo... That's some next-level stuff right there. I mean, let, let's face it, you could quite happily do a stompy rock playlist that's just whatever you want, stripper, down, down. And it even makes sense from a storytelling point of view. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you no. just have a bit of Susie Quattro in there, <laughs> just for sound recognition. Whatever you want, down, down, devil gate drive. Yep, that works. We can have that in as well. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and he would make all of that work within three minutes. You know it. And it'll look yeah. beautiful, sexy, really dirty. And yes, I I would absolutely vote for this over and over and over again. Um, but will it come across? Yes, it will, because he knows how to dress the stage. He knows how to dress himself and undress himself and still just about keep it in the tastes, uh, taste boundary. And uh, But whilst definitely getting all the old ladies up dancing and admiring him and stuff. <laughs> this has so much potential doesn't it um i like ross have no idea which way this is going to go but for me it's a hit every day of the week uh yeah it's a hit it's such a silly overblown massive hit to, to talk briefly about the song because really you know that's why we're here but the sheer force of will of achille Lauro can push anything through but he's just got this dump of the song going through it and it's perfectly synced in with just base instincts i mean there is no hierarchy of needs maslow is down in the sawdust and the blood and the grit and he's enjoying it just as much as the next psychoanalyst i don't know what the juries are going to do with this but we're going to have a eurovision moment and it's going to be talked about and okay yeah this is this is Years and years of pent-up demand coming through. It's Achille Laro. It Eurovision being just normal men, just bringing on innocent men. Why would it not be a hit? <laughs> and he's also there first before Marniskin. Can we just point that out? <laughs> because he did. You know, everything nobody's first. gonna believe us there, Donna. Oh, gosh, I keep trying, but you know, now nah, he was way there before. 
Yeah, they're, they're, so were the vibrations as well. And we don't talk about them outside of San Remo. Right, okay, we are one song to go. Uh, Kelly Lara is on top of everybody else, and he's hoping that whoever's next will just slide in underneath him. Austria is going to finish off this round of Jukebox Jury. It's Halo with the Master Sergeant Lumix and Pia Maria. And there we have Halo from Lumix and Pia Maria and Austria. I adore this when it comes on. There's nothing else like it this year. This is the one proper big old party banger. The problem is the vocal. We've all heard the live performances. Based on tracks alone, this is sailing through to a final. It's doing, it is necessary for a Saturday night. It's necessary for a party. I'm not sure it's making it anymore. I talked earlier about the three-minute rule and how it can be quite constricting. Here, I think it's a live vocals rule because when you listen to that studio version, there, there's vocal effects going on there. There's a bit of processing going on there. And that's modern music. Much as the, the title is hilarious, you go and listen to often, um, often back head, shoulders, knees and toes from... Two years ago, a massive summer hit across Austria, Switzerland, and, and Central Europe. And you could never take that to Eurovision because even though it's an absolute smash hit song, you couldn't do the vocals live. And I think that's the first stumbling block you have with Halo. You can't replicate the studio version live. You have to compromise the live performance to get the vocals inside the rule book. Choice number one is wrong. You've got a song here that needs a live vocal, but you've focused on the studio version of the live vocal. Yeah, um, I don't know, Ross. This one is a mixture, isn't it? Um, initially, when I heard the studio track, yes, it was, it, like you said, the banger that we're all waiting for. And it is definitely one that I'll get up and even have a, a little bop to myself. She's a bit under rehearsed she's not used to this she's a fairly fresh artist so this is going to be a whole new learning curve for her i just hope she can really deliver it on the big stage does it need effects on the vocal though i'm not sure it's, it's how i feel about greece as well with that kind of um vo vocoder vocal over her opening it's one do we need it do we need it yes is it a stylistic choice it, this is where it becomes tricky. And yeah, they, they are going to have to look at this soon because a lot more of those chart-selling tracks are using more stylistic choice effects rather than just a raw vocal. If she can pull it off, I still think this could be a hit. We're back to that connection thing again. Mm, yeah. Pia Maria has to hype the song. Got to go out there on the stage and go, I know you're at home, and your comfy sofa, and it's a Tuesday night. She's got to make everybody go, no, it's Saturday night. I'm in a club. I'm completely on top of this thing. I'm in the moment. She's got to create all that hype. And that is tough. That's how you win Eurovision, but that's tough. If 100% of your focus is getting your vocals right, you don't have spare capacity to work the TV cameras. 
You've got to, as an artist, you've got to have the strength to be able to do both. And this is the question mark for me over P. Maria's vocals. Is she using all her capacity or does she have some left to do the vision part of the Eurovision Song Contest? It is all on her. And it reminds me of um, Sebastian Raymond for Finland. It's all very well good having the creative vision coming from Deruda, or in this case, Lumix. But realistically, the person people remember from the act is the person performing live. And it doesn't quite work. The only one that has worked in this kind of style we've seen was Joust and Alexander Wallman from Norway. And I think those two were so intrinsically linked, I think there was they were collaborating from the beginning that it felt it worked as an overall package. But with Finland in 2019, and again with this, it sort of feels like the artist creating the track has done that, and then the live vocal seems to have been a secondary thought. But you only get that one chance, and you need to be able to nail it live. Yeah, it's a song that needs that connection down the TV lens on the night, and we're not going to know if it gets that until the night. But the fact that we're already questioning that. You know, last year, we weren't questioning Monoskin's ability to connect down the TV camera lens. But we're questioning here with P. Marie and Lumix. And, yeah, there have been preview concerts. Those points when Lumix just throws a vocal in over the top, it just felt overpowering. Just like, don't you know, you've got somebody working to do the hype there. Don't deliver more hype on the backing than the lead. This works wonderfully in the studio. This works wonderfully in the dance floor. I don't think it's going to work at the Eurovision Song Contest. I think, I don't think, I. yeah, this is a miss. No, 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 no. It's still a maybe. It's it's still a banger. Let's, <laughs> and we're bereft of those. We need bangers. And I'll happily take this. It, it just is the doubt of how it's performed live that drags it down. Otherwise, it is definitely on its own a hit. This is how I feel a little bit about the Czech Republic song this year as well. Um, she had slightly dodgy vocals in the pre-parties and it's one of those dance tracks that how do you necessarily stage it to make people engage with the banger, to bring it all in as one big thing um, without just going with a video with nice pretty swirly things in the background and it's... <clears throat> It would be a great studio track, and I really enjoy listening to it. So it's definitely more maybe for me, because it does have a lot of potential. Um, it's still one of those that I, I'm always going to listen to in my playlist and not turn off. Studio track, yes, it's even up there in a top ten for me. But how this gets transcribed to the stage, and with that doubt of the vocal, it's got to be a maybe. So there we are, two maybes there for Austria, bringing this episode of Jukebox Jury to a close. Uh, Malta uh, was much earlier on. We got a tie for the bronze medal with Austria and Denmark. Silver goes to Italy and gold, of course it's gold, <laughs> goes to San Marino. Okay, um, the big question. <laughs> the ultimate question. <laughs> to which the answer is don't be stupid boy <laughs> but let's go for it Let, let's run it up the flagpole uh, and see how high it gets can Achille Laro win the Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> well 
Um, he can. Whether he will, and the odds must be astronomical at this stage. <laughs> um, it's maybe, but unlikely. I mean, look, he's, he's a rock star. <laughs> yeah. I, he, I think he's there because it's in Italy. I think if this had been any other year, he would even have entered the, the, the San Marino National Final. He would have taken the San Marino appearance and done it. It's in Italy. He wanted to go. He's gone there. He is going to win Eurovision because everybody is going to remember him. He's not going to come first in the points come Saturday night. <laughs> So, yes, Kelly Laro can win the Eurovision Song Contest. Right, okay, I've won my bet for seeing that in Jukebox 3, but he's not going to come top of the points table. No, no, of course he's not. That's just <laughs> as simple as that. Oh, God, just for a minute, Ross, just, just think about that moment for a second. The credits rolling over an upside-down gyrating Italian with bover boots, a gold G-string and a string vest like Rab C. Nesbitt. <laughs> No, I've got, I've got now. That's it. That's, I'm, I'm done. All, all I will say is that just for the people at home that will be gnashing their teeth, yes, Italy can win the contest. They're the contenders, but San Marino. Listen, if they can't do it with Senate and Flow Rider, they're not going to do it with Achille Lauro. That was yeah, that was it. So no, of course. Oh, Lauro's can. finishing higher up, the, higher up than Senate did. I'll take that bet. Even if you had both of Senate's entries together, Laurel's still finishing higher up that table. I'll take that bet. Fair enough, then. Right, okay, Jukebox Jury draws to an end for this episode. You can, of course, listen back to all the previous episodes back at the website, www.eseinsight.com, and you can support us on Patreon as well, www.patreon.com. Uh, we have other places to support as well. One of them is Donna's and ESE Fan TV. What have we got lined yeah. up for May and the coverage? So basically, we've got the award shows that I was saying at the beginning. Uh, they're coming up at uh, end of April, beginning of May. And we'll have uh, some, perhaps, it's not totally finalised yet, but um, some live rehearsal um, opinions. And then we're going to have a little after coverage as well of the main contest itself. And we'll find that all through the YouTube channel. YouTube channel, ESC, ESC Fan TV, and there's more written information at ESCFanTV.com. Yeah, and I'll be there too. <laughs> Donna has this great big sales bill. Donna, Ross says, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, uh, that'll yeah. be fine. Yeah. Yeah, um, ESC, Piff, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, um, daily rehearsal, blogs, um, live tweets, all the usual silliness and nonsense. Yeah, as, as much stupidity as I can create with Microsoft Paint as possible. Yeah. And as always, thanks to you out there for listening. We've occupied your ears for enough time for today, but if you do want to have your ears occupied for a little bit more, do find us in all your favourite podcast apps if you just stumbled over us in the web. If you're a long-time listener, then do leave the reviews. It's going to help other people find us during the busy, busy Eurovision Song Contest season. And do consider link, like, love, share, subscribe, and all the usual social media tools, assuming they haven't been bought up by an American James Bond villain by the time you listen to this, at ESC Insight. Thanks very much for your listening. Donna, it's yours. Bring on the guitars. This episode of Jukebox Dreams, hosted by you and Spence with Donna Sluggett and Ross Middle. And find out more at www.escinsight.com and support us at patreon.com slash escinsight.